Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening. Good evening, Mihente. Thank you for being with us here on Mihente on Air. You know, we are living in such historic times. We have so many things going on as a country, as a nation, as a community. And it just seems like for anybody who's in the media world that you look at your phone and there's breaking news every second, daily, with what's happening in Washington. But we're living in a time of a pandemic still where we still uh, have the anxiety and the fear. And and that's uh, also heightened because now we're also getting vaccinated as a community. And there are some that do not want to get vaccinated. And we're living in a double impeachment time. And when this has aired on Sunday, uh, we don't know what's going to happen between Wednesday while we're taping this until Sunday. And we're going to talk all about this today with a very special guest who is the Saginaw County Clerk. I am excited because this girl has done some wonderful things for our community in representing us as a Latina, as an American in Lansing, and is now no longer the state representative, but the County Clerk of Saginaw County. So Help me welcome Miss Vanessa Guerra. Hi, Larry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being with us. I know I know you're so busy. There is so much change going on. There is an upcoming audit uh, on the election from November that your office is taking care of. But we yes. have to talk about what's happening in Washington today. And I know that when you were the state representative over uh, the summertime, things got really difficult at our state capitol as well in Lansing. And you were there when um, the protesters mm-hmm. came in, uh, or the rioters, if you will, but they came in armed, and yeah. you were sitting there. Tell me a little bit about what you experienced and what that was like. Yeah, so, you know, I hadn't thought about it uh, recently because it, that was back in April, but when I saw what was happening at the U.S. Capitol, um, I'll be very honest, I had some sort of flashback trauma experience and it really impacted me because obviously I want, you know, all the attention was certainly on the U.S. Capitol and how um, our U.S. representatives and Congress people were uh, their safety, but I immediately thought back to April. So when that happened at our state Capitol, um, it was, you know, we weren't, I don't think we were as prepared as uh, the U.S. Capitol Police should have been prepared for what happened on January 6th. Uh, certainly because obviously the president himself had been uh, touting the state of February or January 6th. And so um, I don't believe that our state capital uh, was as prepared um, as they could have been. Uh, obviously, we don't always know when that sort of stuff's going to happen, but um, we were very fortunate that they didn't break through to the House floor like they did at the U.S. Capitol. Um, but it was a moment unlike any I had experienced in the state house. You know, certainly um, our state capital uh, is open to the public and we've had lots of protesters uh, that come in. And so it's not unheard of that we would hear protesters outside of the chambers. Um, but what was unique about this was that these individuals were armed. Um, and when we could see outside, you know, on their posters and things, they had a noose and uh, threats of violence on their signs. So that was different, much different than any other protest we had seen. Um, so the thought that those people who were outside were now rushing inside uh, what 
is what made that experience so different from other protests that we had seen at the state capitol. But, um, but, and but it was yeah, jarring. But you know, when 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 we talk back about in April. Um, mm-hmm. And we and we and we seen uh, the images. I, I saw your your uh, Facebook uh, post yeah. where um, you could hear it in your voice the fear. Mm-hmm. And I think we as Americans, at least in our generation, we have never seen that. We, you know, right. you, you heard of this thing happening in other governments around the world. Mm-hmm. But we as Americans, I think, were unprepared for that. Even as we knew that the the, the radicals were going over there and having these big long line protests at the state. Capital and and mm-hmm. then you know you would think that after what happened here in Michigan that we would have been better prepared uh, right. at the Capitol in Washington on January sixth, but it just doesn't yeah. seem like that was the case, and it's just unbelievable to me that that was happening. I was taping the show here last mm-hmm. Wednesday while that was going on and, and watching the screens over to my right and watching how uh, they were breaking into the, the yeah. citadel of democracy. I mean that that is. Just unbelievable that we would experience that in our lifetime because it right. had been over 200 years since the British came into the capital and burned it down. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just it's just so historical. And I just okay. saw um, a, a post, a news breaking item where President uh, Trump is, is calling back and saying no violence. And this is mm-hmm. happening today as we speak. Right. And, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days as we head towards uh, Biden's inauguration. How do you feel yeah. about what what we could experience and what, y- you know, we may experience also here in Lansing mm-hmm. at the Capitol? Yeah. So on Monday, the Capitol Commission announced that they would ban uh, open carry in the Capitol building. Right. So they're not completely banning guns. Um, they're only banning individuals who are openly carrying guns. But you can still uh, conceal carry weapons. Um, I think that, you know, I, I might not have thought too much about this in the past. You know, if I look back to my first term in 2015, I didn't grow up around guns, um, but I did marry someone who is very interested in guns. And so I've become more, uh, I guess, comfortable around them. Um, but it wasn't until they were being used as threats, you know, weaponizing them in a way that they were going to hurt people at the Capitol that made me feel differently about guns in the Capitol. Um, and now having lived through that experience, I fully support um, prohibiting guns in the state Capitol. Uh, even when I visited the Texas Capitol, I mean, they have a metal detector and it's the state of Texas who is well known for, you know, their uh, support of, of the Second Amendment. Right. Um, and even they don't allow them in their Capitol. Um, and so I hope that we move further on that at the Capitol. Uh, it is a decision that rests with the Capitol Commission. Uh, who are, are not elected individuals, but appointed. Um, another thing that I heard is, as of today, they announced that they're going to erect a, um, a six-foot fence around the Michigan State Capitol. Um, so they had only done this, I think, one other time, and that was back in 1994 when there was a KKK rally uh, that was going on. Um, and because of the threats of violence that they uh, had anticipated at that rally, they erected this fence. Um, and so I think it's kind of ironic considering a lot of the individual, all of the individuals who were involved in the takeover of the U.S. Capitol, um, you know, that had to do with white supremacy. And, you know, so now they have to do this fence again around our state capitol. Um, so that's another profession that they are taking. Um, but it's a scary time. I mean, even uh, as late of, I think in maybe October, November of this year, we had a Michigan state representative 
who was um, individuals, there was someone charged because they threatened to kill her, um, Representative Cynthia A. Johnson. It was didn't get a lot of attention, but um, there was an individual charged because he threatened to kill her. Uh, individuals, obviously, as we know, have been arrested for threatening to kidnap uh, the governor of Michigan. Um, and so we need to be on high alert here in Michigan. You know, yeah. I absolutely think that what happened at our state capitol was the playbook for what happened at the U.S. capitol. Yes, exactly. And, you know, gun sales have surged since January 6th, believe it or not. I was just reading an article, mm-hmm. and the Democrats, Republicans, whoever they, whoever is buying yeah. these guns, they find it so essential now since January mm-hmm. 6th. And, and, you know, that that's part of all what we're living, this historic time, the fear yeah. that we are experiencing as a people, as Americans now, and, right. you know, the calls for possibly there be actually being a civil war. I mean, you know... It's it's just it's just so unbelievable to me, and I keep using that yeah. word because it hurts. You know, it 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 hurt to see our Capitol building overtaken last week. I I know yeah. that there were people who uh, were crying. Uh, my sister mm-hmm. um, said she was she texted said she was in tears. I mean, it's the yeah. madness is just crazy. You know, and no matter who what side you were on. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the anger that is there, whether, you know, you are f- voting for Trump and you, you don't want to see him uh, taken out of mm-hmm. office. You know, there's also the other side, 80 million Americans who voted for Biden and uh, mm-hmm. doesn't their vote count. You know, it's right. just we are so divided as a country. And um, hopefully once Biden is in office, um, things will se- uh, settle down. Mm-hmm. Trump is calling for uh, peace as well today. And. You know, yeah. it's upon us as individuals, mm-hmm. Americans, that we have to also do our part. So, right. so I know that you, Vanessa Guerra, as state representative, you represented mm-hmm. us well for Saginaw thank County. You. I thank you mm-hmm. so much. I've seen you grow since you were a young girl, and um, <laughs> I'm just so proud of you. And I think yeah. our community would all agree with me on that. And, you know, when you ran for mm-hmm. county clerk, um mm-hmm. The vote uh, at that election um, was more than I thought it would be. I, that yeah, those that voted for well. you, that that was awesome. Can you can you tell me about that election a little bit? Yeah, um, much like everything in 2020, you know, it's unheard of, unlike anything we've done before. Um, that election and that campaign was different for me because uh, it was done largely in a virtual format. Um, so in a normal campaign year, I would have been out knocking on doors and hosting events and meeting people on their doorsteps. Uh, but obviously with COVID, that was not uh, an opportunity. So a lot of the work that I did was over the phone. Um, as you know, people don't love talking on the phone, uh, but I got good feedback because I reached out to a number of people and their response was, I don't even know what a county clerk is. I've never had them reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that in and of itself, I think, really propelled people to think differently about the office. Um, and my whole push all along was, you know, we can continue doing the bare minimum um, or we could do more. Right. And so particularly around elections, which is directly tied to what's going on in D.C. right now, we can educate people more. We can show them more transparently how we operate elections, put them in a place where they feel comfortable that our elections are being held uh, in a way that is secure and accurate here in Saginaw County. Yeah. Um, we've been very fortunate that we haven't had any uh, thing happen with that or anybody, you know, take us to court because we have done everything well. And that's great. But we need to show the public that we're doing that work. Yes. Um, and so 
So we were very fortunate to have won that election more than I could have imagined. Uh, and so it was exciting. It's one of those feelings you never forget. And did you, when you, when you decided to run for the, uh, the county clerk, did you envision mm-hmm. that uh, all this would be taking place, <laughs> you know, in the fall and uh, into to January? And um, mm-hmm. just that there's so much more, I think, for you as county clerk today than, say, your predecessors. Yeah. So, no, I thought, you know, when I was campaigning, I consciously chose this because I'm very passionate about um, election rights and election education. I think everything comes back back to elections, whether it's election of your county clerk or election of your school board, your county commission. There are elected people who we need to hold accountable. Uh, And so back before all of this, I thought it was just going to be this extra you know, thing, election education was going to be this extra thing that I did, um, not realizing now, of course, that it's actually a mandate that we have to do, because if we don't do it, it will allow misinformation to continue spreading in our community about how elections are run and how secure they are or insecure, as is the case of the rumor mill. Um, and so now there's an absolute mandate that we have to do that work and that outreach. And, and I think that's so important, and especially in this day mm-hmm. and age. So kudos to you for taking that on and accepting that position. And, and, and thank you for all those who voted for Vanessa because it was our hope as a community, as a Hispanic community, and, and not because mm-hmm. she was Hispanic, but because she was going to do a great mm-hmm. job for us. So thank you so much. And, I, yeah. you know, we at the Union Civica Mexicana, we had a ballot box for the first time uh, yes. for this election, which was awesome that they recognized that we were a mm-hmm. place where people were coming, uh, probably because of our great patitos, right? But uh, people were coming yeah. to uh, the Union Civica. We had a ballot box. I used it for my vote, for my absentee yep. vote. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was exciting to know uh, that we were at the table in regard to this whole election. And um, it's, it's important uh, that the Union Civica and the Hispanic community are considered in these times. And I wanted to point out um, your ties to the Union Civica Mexicana. Yeah. They go way, way back. Tell me about that. Yeah. So my great, great grandfather uh, was on the board of the Civica. Uh, my grandfather, Ruben Garcia. Yes. And he served um, or on the founding. He one was of the a founding founder. Members. Yes. He was a founder. Yes. So yeah. you, Vanessa Guerra, a child of the Civica. Isn't that awesome? That yeah. and, and, yeah. and I don't know if at that time mm-hmm. in 1945, 75 years ago, that those founders would have envisioned someone mm-hmm. from their descendants actually being involved in politics the way you have been and how you've represented us. So, wow, you have come a long yeah. way, girl, right? <laughs> and, and that's yeah. why, like that's why we, we honored you, I think it was in 2018, with the Adelante Award, the yeah. political award. And mm-hmm. um, we are very proud of that. So let, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in regard to the pandemic. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like every day, you know, I'm on my phone here. I'm, I'm getting these messages about what's happening in Washington, what's happening with Trump. Now, today, also, right. what Governor uh, Whitmer is, is saying in, in what um, restaurants being opened on February 1st. What, what is okay. your take on all of this in regard to the pandemic that's happening here in Michigan? Yeah, so oh, I guess one thing I did want to update, and I don't know if you want to get to this later, but I was going to talk about the vaccine a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
So, so one thing we had, uh, one of the things I do with county clerk is serve as clerk to the board of commissioners. Um, and so I attend all of their meetings and I get to hear updates from different departments. And so on Monday evening, we had an update from, uh, Christina Harrington, who is the public health director here in Saginaw. Right. Um, I have to tell you, if you are on Facebook to check out the Saginaw County Public Health Department's Facebook, they are one of the most active, um, and upfront departments that gives out information on a regular basis. So please follow them. They have an e- email you can sign up for. Uh, but one of the things that she talked about was that um, while the state has announced that, you know, 65 years and older can start signing up for their vaccine, we don't we don't actually have the ability to take those appointments just yet here in Saginaw County. We are still making our way through that first phase of healthcare workers. Um, and one of the problems is that there was some a holdup in, in Washington, but also we are a healthcare hub, right? We have two hospitals and then we have a lot of outpatient care centers. So uh, doctors that have their own offices, right? Or dentist office, all right. those sorts of things. Um, and all of those people have to get uh, vaccinated as well because they are health professionals, even if they're not working in a hospital, um, they're absolutely still health professionals. So that uh, took up a lot of, lot more time than it might have in a community that doesn't have two hospitals so um so while the state did announce that we are not ready yet to vaccinate 65 and older however the public health department um the health department is uh taking um contact information of those 65 years and older uh so that they know that they will be contacted when it is their time to get vaccinated another really important piece about that is that if you're uh, the you know daughter or son of an individual who's 65 years and older, and you want to help them with that, you can. You can you know put their phone number in, and if you if you want instant information, and then your email address. That way, you know that they're being called, but that you're also getting an email, so you can check back with mom or dad or grandma and grandpa and say, hey. I know that they called you. Did you answer? Did you pick up that phone to get your vaccination? Um, because we want to make sure that this is as easy as possible for those 65 years and older. Um, lots of that population use the Internet more than we probably assume. I think we always think older people are, are not tech savvy, but they very many of them very much are in this day and age. Uh, but for those who aren't, we want to make sure we can uh, make sure they have access to the vaccine. Yeah, I, I actually uh, registered my older brother who is 65 um, to make yeah. sure uh, mm-hmm. that I was contacted um, because sometimes he doesn't always answer his phone and I just, you know, can drive over there and say, hey, yep. go get your vaccine. It, it's really important. You know, and part of this whole uh, uh, scheme of, of the vaccination is mm-hmm. the fact that there, you know, is debate as to whether you should get a vaccine or not. And I know that the Great Lakes Bay Health Centers here in Saginaw mm-hmm. has formed um, somewhat of a, a little commission of leaders um, to actually try to get uh, a positive note on getting a vaccine. Because, like I said, right. so many are still saying, no, they're not going to get that vaccine. Right. So, um, you know, I'm going to be uh, getting involved with that as well. They've asked me to get Good. involved. And I think it's important because... 80, if 80% of us, um, when we do get vaccinated, uh, we are going to be in a better state because although the vaccine, you know, it's not going to prevent anybody from getting mm-hmm. uh, COVID, it actually will help uh, your body uh, produce antibodies or whatever to help you deal with um, when that mm-hmm. virus does invade your system, if it does. And so right. we are, as, a, as a people, even after you get the vaccination, we're still going to have to wear these masks for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's important that um, we do get uh, people, more and more people vaccinated daily as soon as possible. And now with 
the governor um, who reached out to the federal government to get more mm-hmm. vaccines here in Michigan. It is happening. I think that's going to um, happen more rapidly. And I know President yeah. elect Biden is also pushing uh, for that vaccine for Americans as he reaches right. into office. So, yep. oh, there's so much happening. I'm glad to hear you're on that. I think it's so important that we have community killers who are out there advocating uh, this for the vaccine because, um, you know, there's a lot of misinformation, whether it's around the election or around vaccines. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people in our communities who, if your only news source is to look to Facebook, which is really common, not judging anybody. I mean, I know I kind of scroll through there and get my own news sometimes. I, of course, go and then do separate research. Um, but it's easy to see the way Facebook is set up, it's going to keep sharing those articles about the, you know, the one time where somebody has a bad reaction. And if that's the only thing that you saw about the vaccine and you haven't seen anybody else, any other leaders in your community or in your church or whatever it may be, talk positively about the vaccine, that's the the impression that you're going to have is that it's something scary and bad and that something bad's going to happen to you if you get it. Yeah. So I think it's really important for our leaders to stand up and come out and say, this is safe. It's been tested. I'm getting it myself. I I will be getting the vaccine. Um, and so I hope that we see more of that. Yeah. And, and I think uh, it's going to be real exciting for us uh, to see you get vaccinated because I'm I'm probably imp- ant- anticipating a scream or a yelp or some- <laughs> something yeah. on your end because uh, I, <laughs> I, I I enjoy seeing that actually. But the thing is, is yeah. um, when people do get vaccinated, and, and mm-hmm. we have gotten vaccinated as a people for tuberculosis or mm-hmm. um, for polio, um, you know, it, it if you get a fever right afterwards, mm-hmm. you know. Don't be so alarmed because that means mm-hmm. that your body is working. It's reacting to right. uh, the vaccine. And, and if you get a small fever or what have you, um, but we got to do it. We've got to get vaccinated. Otherwise, we continue on in this road of wearing these masks forever and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the possibility of getting sick. And I'll tell you, Vanessa, our community here in Saginaw, the Hispanic community I'm talking, mm-hmm. has been hit really hard. It's been yeah. There's been families that have been devastated by matriarchs or patriarchs that have uh, been lost in this pandemic. And it's really a sad thing. And I I think we have been affected, our psyche, our mental uh, capacities during this whole time. And, and, you know, during this pandemic, but also with the political Mm -hmm. thing that's going on, the racial tensions, I mean... I I see where people are now pushing uh, for others to get mental help that to try to erase that stigma of going and you know getting help um Mm -hmm. that's so important from the Saginaw Mental Health uh department it's 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 nothing to be ashamed of it's nothing yeah because we are living in unprecedented times historic times like I've said and Mm -hmm. we need that help I need that help you know Mm -hmm. when I write me gente it's it, it's a challenge because I'm using my mind, of course. You know, I'm right. not I'm not doing physical labor, but I'm using my yeah. mind, and it is difficult when you got all this stuff going on. I can't mm-hmm. even concentrate. I can't even bring right. my thoughts together because there's so much. And thank God that in mm-hmm. uh, December we actually had something positive that I tuned into, yeah. and that was yeah. Selena the series. 
<laughs> to kind of ease my mind from all that was happening. And um, right. so, you know, we've got to find our, our, our way out of out of this. You know, I was even watching the Cheers series. I went back on Netflix and watched yeah. Cheers because it, it brought me laughter and happiness. So we're going to come back and talk with Vanessa Guerra. Uh, we're running out of time here in our first uh, segment of the show, but we've got so much more to talk about. So please join us and stay tuned. This is Mihinta on Air on WSGW. You're listening to Mihinta on Air on WSGW. Welcome back, mi gente. Welcome back to Mi Gente on Air, and thank you for being with us this Sunday evening. We are talking to Vanessa Guerra, the Saginaw County Clerk. She's with us today. We're excited uh, that she's taken uh, the time out of her busy schedule to be with Mi Gente on Air to talk about uh, contributions of Hispanics as well as concerns. And boy, do we have concerns today after all what's happening in our nation uh, during the pandemic, during the uh, the insurgent at the Capitol, we've talked about that. I want to talk with you, Vanessa, a little bit about um, the marches that I've seen mm-hmm. you at um, during yeah. the spring and the summer, during the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that um, I would see you out there and I would say, wow, you know, she's representing us as mm-hmm. the state representative, and yet she's out yeah. here. You know, I saw your husband with you. We, yeah. we marched for Vanessa Guillen. Uh, yeah. I was yeah. going to say Vanessa Guerra. <laughs> Vanessa Guillen, you know, what happened mm-hmm. over there in Fort Hood with her. I mean, there, right. there was just so much going on. How did you feel about all of that at that time? Yeah, um, I, you know, it's funny because as someone who attended the protest and is obviously very supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement, Um, I thought it was really beautiful, you know, watching Saginaw County residents come out in a way that I don't think we have seen in a while. Um, I don't want to say ever, because certainly I didn't live through the civil rights movement. Um, But I think that people are just sick and tired of the way that people of color are treated. Um, And one way that we can express this ourselves is through the ballot box, of course, but also through these public demonstrations. And so um, I thought it was really moving. Uh, You know, it was just one of those things where, again, reflecting on what happened last week, um, there was just such a disparity, right, in the way that right. individuals who participated in these protests throughout the summer, whether it was here in Saginaw County or throughout the country, how differently they were treated. Um, and so it's very difficult to now watch as politicians make calls for unity uh, when we didn't really see that uh, in the summer, right? So they wanted them to, you know, lay the full force of the law down on those protesters. But now we're saying what happened on Wednesday was terrible. Let's move on from it. We can't move on from it just yet. You know, uh, there are repercussions to uh, the decisions that we make as individuals. And I think that these people who stormed the Capitol um, need to be held uh, to the highest standard of the law. Yes. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's it's so important to recognize that everybody needs to recognize that how the difference um you know between the black lives matter protesters and the right. insurgents that happened on on January 6 it was just handled so differently and and i remember 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I I, re, I remember that Saginaw came out so beautifully. You know, people of all uh, walks came for yeah. that, that march that happened over that began at Hoyt Park and uh, went mm-hmm. to um, our, our government building. And uh, you're oh. right, I I do remember the actual. Um, um, protests and the riots of the 60s and how the, mm-hmm. the Tigers actually, the Detroit Tigers winning the World Series actually calmed that down. Yeah. My my memory of that, I'm, I was such a young boy, but I do mm-hmm. remember, I do remember the the fear in Saginaw even mm-hmm. for that the the protesting was going to come from Detroit all the way up to Saginaw and uh, sure. Mayor uh, Henry Marsh um, calmed mm-hmm. that down and stopped it from happening. But you know this this time in 2020, it was it was different. And you're right, people yeah. are just so tired of how people of color are treated, and that's why. We marched. We marched. Right. And, you know, yep. um, thank God there was no rioting here in Saginaw the way there was no. out in, in Portland or some of those other uh, communities mm-hmm. and cities. But what happened on January 6th, and we keep bringing that up, it, it just can never happen again. It just it just right. is so terrible. So I wanted to commend you for being out there. I enjoyed marching with you, especially um when we had to march for Vanessa Guillen, and I, yeah. I have to make sure I don't say Vanessa Guerra because it, the, the names are so right. similar, you know. But we uh, we held the banner of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and she mm-hmm. had been in every march all the way back from when uh, Father Hidalgo called for, uh, you know, uh, for the independence of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, Our Lady of Guadalupe, she's been there. She, she's she been a symbol to the Mexican people. And there I yeah. was, and I made your husband hold that uh, banner. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Your husband, Robert, right? He yeah. was holding yeah. the banner of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I just yeah. thought that was so great. And so tell, tell him thank you. Yeah, thank we've you come a that. long way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I want to make sure we thank the organizers because yeah. I just showed up to those rallies and those protests. I didn't actually organize them. So all of the credit goes to the, um, the it was a variety of people that chose to organize different uh, protests. And I just really have to commend them. Yes. And Cecilia Olvera. Uh, she's a yeah. young, such a uh, a young Latina who's inspired to move mm-hmm. to to help organize in those protests. You know, she she helped us uh, quite a bit at the Union Civica Mexicana as a member, as a youth mm-hmm. member, prior to her actually coming on the stage of getting involved with uh, these protests. So I was really yeah. happy to see that because, you know, that's that's the that is so key. You know, yep. you're, you're in that generation of young people that mm-hmm. need to step up. And uh, you're leading the way, Vanessa. You know, mm-hmm. you're such an example for all the yeah. young people. And actually, Cecilia helped me in November, too. We went to um, Maria's restaurant and we sat there in case people had questions about their ballot. So we had a big printout of the ballot. Um, and that way, if people had any questions, they could come up and see it. Uh, we knew that a lot of people go there on Sundays for uh, for lunch and dinner. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that she joined me, and I'm excited to see her grow as well. Yes, yes, and, and we need more. We need more, and yes. uh, I think that um, those examples of people getting involved, I think in after this time period in our lives, I think there's gonna, we're going to see a lot more, and, and hopefully that's yeah. the case. And, you know, that's something I think that maybe we need to look at um, in our community to try to mm-hmm. maybe put together some type of uh, political leadership type uh, yeah. Institute, or if you will, I know I know we have the Great Lakes Bay Hispanic Leadership Institute, but something that's more focused on the political part of our community. And my, right. you know, it, it's important that um, th- we are at the table. I say that 
just about on every one of these shows because if we're not representative, it's not like they they don't want us there, but there's not mm-hmm. an awareness. And there's got to be an awareness right. of our presence that we are here, we're in this community, and we're here to yep. stay. Right? And that's where the education piece is so important. So when I talk about education, it's not just talking about, um, you know, when is the election kind of thing, but like, who are these people? What are these positions? You know, what's, what does a county commissioner do? What does a county treasurer do? What does a county clerk do? Um, you know, we're paying these people, so we ought to know what they do and ensure that they are representing us adequately, or more than adequately, I should say. Yes, yes. And, and you, as the county clerk, can you tell me what exactly is the main part of your job just for our radio listeners? Yes, it's very diverse. Uh, so for the public, when they come into the county building, which is where my office is, um, typically they would only be engaging with the county clerk if they're seeking a marriage license, um, uh, they're submitting their DD-214, uh, a death certificate, birth certificates, which are very common. We have people every day coming in for those. Um, and then also if they are involved with the circuit, if they're an attorney perhaps involved with the circuit court and they're submitting uh, or requesting records. So, um, but the other really big piece of my job, the piece that I think is a little bit more interesting probably is the elections piece. So we assist all of our local clerks in administering and really overseeing the election process. Um, and so because we help oversee that for the whole county, it gives me that ability to really do outreach in all parts of Saginaw County um, and really as a neutral party. So that's, you know, if Republicans will invite me, I will be gladly come to their meetings as well to educate people about what is on the ballot, um, you know, what is what, when is this next election happening and uh, why is it that we're voting on this thing? You know, uh, we can't sway people to vote one way or the other, but we can absolutely educate people. Right, right. And that gives a good, great segue into my next question to you. Tell me about the audit of the November election out of your office. Yeah. Yep. So um, while I was not in charge yet when the November election happened, um, now that I am in this office, uh, we will be overseeing the um, audit of the November election. Uh, so that's something that statewide county clerks are asked to do. Uh, the state picks um, random precincts, and we actually have to go and count all the ballots in that precinct. So we have five precincts that were chosen here in Saginaw County. Uh, so we'll be starting that soon to ensure that um, everything matches up. And not even just that, like, the you know number of ballots uh, issued matches the number returned. But beyond that, making sure that the local clerks um, completely fulfill their duties in terms of offering Saturday hours because they are required by law. Um, so we have to make sure that that actually took place. Uh, we have to ensure that, you know, extended hours uh, that 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 took place, making sure they had all the right postings and notifications out to people. Um, so none of it sounds, again, very sexy, but it's really important work because um, if people did make mistakes, we need to ensure next time around that the public is fully informed um, and that every law is followed to make sure our elections are secure uh, and accurate and that they are, the people are aware of them and aware of all of the opportunities that they have to submit their ballot because there's, there's been a lot of changes around that, too. And, and how many how many staff members do you have? Because, I mean, you can't be doing this work yourself. <laughs> no, uh, not enough. So if any county commissioners are watching, not enough staff. Um, we, I have, I'm very fortunate to have a former staff member that came from the House, but he's been here in the clerk's office a little while, uh, Kyle Bostwick, who really oversees the election division. Uh, but he's basically the election division. So yeah. <laughs> it is him, me, and we have another staff member that we're training, has been training for a while, actually, uh, to get more involved in elections. Um, but 
if you look at other counties, um, they actually have a whole division in their office that is dedicated to just elections because elections don't just happen in November. I mean, we already have a May election that's going to happen in Freeland schools. Uh, there'll probably be an August election. Um, there are lots of elections that just don't get the same attention as the presidential does uh, that people don't realize that we have to help um, oversee. And so it's really a every year process. It's not just, the, you know, every four years. Right. And I hope I do hope that people continually are engaged in these elections. I think after this November election, people really have recognized the importance of their vote. And we thought that that was going to take place in 2016, you know, when uh, Hillary Clinton was running and Donald Trump. And look, look what happened in 2020. I mean, we it's just it's just amazing what we are going through. And Mm -hmm. the 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 county clerk in Saginaw, how do you. I guess I want to say, you know, are you breathing a little easier now because you're over there at the uh, the state capitol as a state rep? And I mean, you yeah. really lived through some uh, unprecedented and historic times. Tell tell me about that that change and that difference. Yeah. Um, so again, if none of what had happened twenty had happened, I probably wouldn't reflect the same way. But you know, watching what happened last Wednesday, um, I thought, oh my gosh, I can only imagine what my mom and my dad and my husband must have felt watching what happened at the state capitol back in April because I was just like, oh, my God, like Congressman Dan Kilby, who I know well, he's there right now, you know. Um, and so or, or the Senator Stabenow and Senator Peters, you know, what they're going through. And I've always said, you know, I don't think politicians, elected officials by any means deserve special treatment. But no matter who you are, whether you're a teacher um, or an elected official or a grocery store clerk, you should feel safe in your working environment. And um, they violated that at the at the U.S. Capitol and at our state Capitol last April. Um, and so now, you know, I'm still in a government building. And so uh, I think we've all changed the way we look at, at these buildings and the safety and security of them, um, because we just never know anymore. We never know who's going to be a target. Um, and we just have to make sure that we are, uh, you know, that we engage. We're fortunate to have the, our, sh- our county sheriff uh, deputies to oversee the security here. Um, but you just never know. And that's the scary part. Yeah. And I, I saw uh, AOC how she uh, came out today and she said she was yes. fearful of her life. I mean, yeah. fear, you know, she, she is, she has been a target. We all know that she's been a right. real target, but to know that people were breaking into the Citadel of our democracy and that yeah. she was in there at the time. And, you know, even Dan Kildee, you know, uh, she, I was at a yeah. press conference on Monday and to see uh, the, the, what he experienced, you know, as our representative right. in this area, it's just unbelievable. I mean, we yeah. never thought that this would happen. I mean, I you know, I, I keep, for some reason, for some odd reason, I keep thinking of Game of Thrones and, <laughs> you know, and all that happened there, you know, in in, uh, in that series. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's like, come on, here we are in 2020 and Americans right. are experiencing something kind of similar that we, you know, in our uh, feelings of of being protected here in this country and we never seen, you know, uh, some of the things that have happened in other countries, the entitlement of the American people. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just something we have to be aware of. We have to yep. express to those around us, our family and friends, how important mm-hmm. this time is. Uh, we, we just can't go through life living as if nothing is happening. And the accountability right. of those that took that uh, took part in that January 6th insurgents, they have to be accountable. They just have yeah. to be accountable as well as our president. Right. And that's exactly why, you know, making sure people are aware 
that's why I filmed that video back in April. So that was the first time I had ever gone live on Facebook Live. But I did it because, one, if something had happened to me, I wanted it to be documented. Um, and two, even if I obviously made it out alive, I wanted people to see what it was like and what these people were like, that they were not just your regular batch of protesters, that that was, in fact, an angry mob, um, because people needed to see that. And I knew that I'm fortunate to have a lot of supporters in the community, and I knew that if they saw that, it would really bring it home for them, that this was real and that this was scary and wrong. Yeah, and those are the same people we saw uh, at the Capitol building. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I'm not saying that everybody that was there in Washington mm-hmm. for January 6th was part of that because um, you see footage of people by the Washington Monument that, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't even know what was going on. They were just there because, yeah. um, you know, they, they felt it was an important time. And, and maybe some of them were there because of the call from President Trump you know, mm-hmm. uh, to come out and, and, and we're getting there is that same type of call that's happening this week leading up to the Biden inauguration. Yeah. So we have to encourage our family and our friends, those who who may consider being going out to Washington. Ju- just stay home. Just stay home. I mean, right. you know, I can't even believe that um, that we have to think this way right now in the beginning of January mm-hmm. 2021. We thought 2020 was the year and that everybody thought right. uh, December 31st, it's over. Our nightmare is over. But you know what? Right. We still have to uh, be in tune with what's going on because 2021 yeah. has not gotten better. It's actually uh, been really difficult in terms of um, watching what is happening in our country on the, the TV screens and on our phones. So yeah. um, how, how do you feel as a young Latina, um, a young Latina mm-hmm. American, um, mm-hmm. when you think about how our, our ancestors, you know, they came to these countries or whatever, you know, you got we, mm-hmm. we have to remember that part of what our Mexican ancestors, why they came to America was for this very reason. And right. a lot of them, especially mine, came because of the Mexican Revolution and, and mm-hmm. how the Chavistas and other armies were treating their people at that time. So, right. you know, how, how do you feel about all that as, as a young Latina? Yeah, I I thought about this recently because I read an article that talked about the way we talk about what happened on Wednesday. So I, in my own language, have referred to them as domestic terrorists. Um, which, of course, is true. But also, we do need to recognize that they were also white supremacists, because when we talk about something as an act of terrorism, the response is going to be, you know, national security. You know, that's the solution, increasing national security. But if we talk about things as if these individuals were white supremacists, then the solution is then eradicating racism, which is the real problem. And so we can talk all day about improving national security. But if we're not also having conversations about eradicating racism in all levels of our government, because, I mean, we saw that there were police officers who are now being identified as having participated in this. There are judges, there are lawmakers, you know, how many educators were there? People who engage with us in the public who harbor these really racist feelings. And that's scary. And until we address that, we're we're probably going to keep living in this really broken up country. Um, And so as a young person, I think a lot about how do we move forward? I think one thing is that we have these frank conversations with our our friends and neighbors about, especially if you are a person of color, letting them know, you know, instances and where you've been treated differently um, or how, you know, we're just perceived differently. Right. So even in my job now, if I get angry, uh, I my reaction a lot of times is I will get loud. I'll probably start waving my hand around. But I know when I do that, I then become the angry Latina. And I think to myself, my white counterparts, they don't become the angry white woman, right? And so right. it's 
it's just like, you know, we, I share those stories with people uh, because I want to make sure that they know that like this, I'm a real person and that's a real reality for me. And it doesn't make you wrong that your ancestors treated me badly, but you need to recognize that it still goes on in our country today. Yeah. And, and, and somewhere in telling that story, and like I say, being at the table, but telling those stories, you know, somehow, somewhere it's got to stick sooner or later. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, we have seen uh, since uh, January 6th that people are moving away uh, from that radicalism that um, has angered mm-hmm. them uh, for the election of uh, Joe Biden. And, yeah. you know, Donald Trump, um, we know, is denying his involvement, if you will. He took some uh, responsibility for it. You know, he wasn't uh, actually there in the march. He was, you know, hunkered down or whatever, watching from big mm-hmm. screens with his family. And um, I heard something today, you know, where Osama bin Laden, he wasn't actually there on the attacks on 9 11, mm-hmm. but he orchestrated it. He was yeah. the one that our government went after because right. he orchestrated that. And Donald right. Trump incited this violence, this yeah. rioting at our capitol building our citadel of democracy as i have said right and and so he does have to be held accountable and right now as we are speaking the uh the the house is looking to impeach him for the second time he will be the yeah. only president that is impeached twice and and my god vanessa i know you don't remember but i do remember <laughs> the times with richard nixon and you know i was i was a kid i was very young i was maybe six or seven maybe yeah. five and, you know, I, I obviously didn't um, comprehend exactly what was happening, but I remember the, the, the discontentment within my family, my mother, my father, aunts, yeah. uncles, or what have you. And I can say that I feel that we, we are living in more difficult times, yet there was the Vietnam War that was happening at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, I am a child, I believe, I, I say, of the 80s. And uh, yeah. the 90s. And I am so thankful that those times were so much more peaceful. And the, yeah. the big the big event that happened in the 80s when I was in college, I remember, was uh, the, the Challenger, the disaster of the Challenger. That was the only mm. thing I remember, you know, from yeah. the 80s and 90s. But when we look back at this time, you know, yeah. and you and you will talk, you know, with your grandchildren or your uh, great grandchildren, right. if uh, if you're blessed, you know, w- where were you? You will, you know, they will ask, where were you, Grandma, Grandma mm-hmm. Vanessa? <laughs> <You're>, Grandma <laughs> Nessa? <laughs> I wonder what, you know, that's so far in the future for you. But, right. you know, where will, where, where will they, where, what will people say when they say, where yeah. were you on January 6th? And what side of history were you actually on? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as a historian, you know, I consider myself a historian, especially in mm-hmm. my community. You know, I th- I think that's going to be very important. And when the books are written and history is told, where were you on January 6th? Right. It's going to be yeah. so important. That's what people are going to see. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I think a lot. I think probably because I'm interested in politics, there are several moments. I mean, frankly, every election is a moment like that for me. But one that I've always referred to as like the most foundational moment that I think impacted the trajectory of for me was uh, Hurricane Katrina. So, um the role that the government should have, frankly, played in that and didn't uh, really uh, set the tone for how I would approach government and pursue public office down the road. But, you know, my generation, we lived through that. 
We lived through September 11th and really now this, the Capitol takeover, if that's what we're calling it, um, three really major things that happened that I, I'll never forget and, and that will and, always frame the way I think about this country uh, and my role in it. Yeah, and the pandemic, you know. you got to throw the, the pandemic, pandemic yeah. definitely in there. <laughs> How because, can we forget that? Yeah, and it, it, ha- it, it could have been handled so much differently. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so sad to know that we, as the most powerful nation in the world, I would say, you know, that it was handled so badly in 2020. And right. we could have probably saved much more lives. And th- and that's why, you know, I have to be a, a, a strong uh, supporter of Governor Whitmer because, mm-hmm. you know, I look at her and I see what she did. And I'm not trying to be political here or anything, but, yeah. man, what a chingona. I mean, that, that woman, she is just standing up. <laughs> to what's right she i don't care what anybody yeah. says i don't care what anybody says about me in regard to my support mm-hmm. of her she stood up to trump when he said that woman from michigan she stood up right. all this time and she has tried her darndest even when she gets so much flack from so many yeah. people yep. about saving our people in this community right. you've worked with her firsthand tell me a little bit mm-hmm. about that yeah, I think that, um, so I have often said there's no one I want to be less in the world than Governor Whitmer right now because I think every decision that she's had to make in this last year is just gut-wrenching, and I can't imagine being in that position. But I do think that one thing I've always appreciated is elected officials who make choices not based on their ability to get reelected, but based on the safety of their constituents and the well-being of their constituents. Um, and there is a very strong chance that Governor Whitmer will not get reelected because she's had to make a lot of unpopular decisions. But she still makes them because at the end of the day, she knows what matters is that we're keeping people safe. Um, and that's hard because there, of course, there have been so many small business owners that have suffered. Um, and my heart goes out to them. And I don't want to minimize the reality that they're living with right now. But when someone dies, you cannot rebuild that person right um but when a business closes you know down the road there's an opportunity that they can get back on their feet and again i don't i know that for a lot of small business owners it feels like death to them but the reality is when we lose someone they are gone forever um and so i think that life has to be really at the the thing that we are seeking to protect more than anything right now nicely said we're going to wrap up this great conversation with uh saginaw county clerk vanessa guerra she has been a pillar in our community at such a young age. I want to thank you. Thank you for uh, representing us. Thank you for doing all that you're doing. And I continually say we got to get our young people more involved. And Vanessa yeah. Guerra is a great role model for that. So thank you so thank much, you so Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And next week, I hope you will join us as well on Mi Gente On Air as we continue to talk about conversations involving Latinos and their concerns on culture, as well as in their contributions. See you next week.